nation's pen Oh, the grace that brought it down to men Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span
Good morning, church. Welcome. We're going to begin our time together as we worship. To start off with, we're going to be reading God's Word together. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to be led in a few moments in worship by our children, um, but for now, they're going to lead us in Scripture reading. So let's read this together. See what great love the Father has given us, that we should be called God's children, and we are. Amen. Is that good news? Let's grab a seat and let's listen to the, the children's choir lead us. believe that his mercy is more amen would you stand your feet and let's sing with all the tongues we have and pray for all the tongues that aren't here that they would lift up the name of jesus together. Oh, 
That's the prisoners free. That's good news. Amen. Thank you for singing. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? the power of sin and darkness, whose love is mighty and so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings, who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in all in wonder. Glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your
Thank you for singing. You may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. It is such a joy to join with you all in worshiping God today. Thank you so much for being here. If you are a guest with us here today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Thank you so much for coming, whether you're here in person or joining us online. We're so glad that you are here today. Guests, we would love to get to know you, and one way we can do that is through a Connect card. That's a card sitting in the back of the seat in front of you. If you would pull that out and fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you and serving you. Then after church, if you go through the central doors and turn left, you'll see our next steps desk there. You can turn that Connect card in and meet someone who'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have and also give you a free gift. So welcome guests. We're so glad that you are here today. <clears throat> well, today is the day we've all been waiting for. This afternoon is our annual Trunk or Treat event. It'll be from four to six here at church. This is our awesome opportunity to share both God's love and candy with our neighbors and friends. So please come, please invite your friends, especially little kids, but anybody can come 
uh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. So here today, four to six, it's going to be great. Well, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer. And as we do, I ask that we all prepare our hearts for our act of worship later in the service as we give of our tithes and offerings. So would you please join me in prayer? Father, we come to you today humbled by your amazing grace that you would take our place. We do not deserve your amazing love, and we thank you for your heart of rescue for us. Lord, with that in mind, we lift up to you today our church's core value of urgent evangelism. We see your heart, uh, your heart to rescue us, Lord, and we pray that you would shape us to be more and more like you, that we would desire to share with others the amazing rescuing good news that you've shared with us. Lord, we ask that you would shape our hearts, that we ha would have a greater urgency, a passion to share with others your amazing good news. Lord, we ask that each day you would give us an eternal perspective that would keep us from being caught up in perishing things, but that you would give us joy in intentionally living our lives so that others would come to know of your amazing grace. Lord, with that in mind, we pray not only for ourselves, but for our partners worshiping you at Mosaic Multicultural Church in London, England. We thank you so much for this body of believers, for Pastor Alex Brito. We ask that you would bless them. We ask as they study the gospel of Mark, that you would show yourself to them and that you would change their lives. And as they recently had an evangelism event, we pray that as they might be doing follow-up and connecting with people who they made an initial contact with, that your good news would spread throughout London and that you would use this church in a mighty way. Also, with urgent evangelism on our mind, Lord, we lift up to you today our trunk or treat event. This afternoon, we pray that you would be at work, that you would prepare our hearts, that you would help us show up and be ready to share your love with those around us. And we pray that you would be at work calling hearts from our neighbors, local children and neighborhoods, that they would come. And maybe they, didn't, they wouldn't expect to meet you there, but we pray that they would meet you here. They may come for candy and fun, and I pray that they would receive that, but that they would receive even more. Lord, please do an amazing work this afternoon for your glory. Father, I pray for anyone in our midst here or maybe who couldn't be here today who may be in brokenness at this time or experiencing a hard situation. Lord, would you be present in our lives? We thank you for the gospel, that you have loved us so much, that you've taken care of our greatest need, that though we deserve your judgment because we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of your holy standards, you took our place as Jesus God and man in one died on the cross for us. Thank you. And thank you for rising again, for conquering death. For this, we continue to worship you today and give you all the praise. We worship you in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. As we continue worshiping, let's say thank you for what Jesus has done for us. As we've prayed and we've confessed our sins, let's, let's take a moment and stand and worship our God in light of the gospel, in light of that his blood has washed away our sin. of cow 
seated at your table. What good news is that? Amen? Amen. Let's continue singing together, and let's make this our prayer that, that God would be in front of us as we hear from his word, that his, a vision of Christ would be a motivating feature for us to listen and to obey his word.
Good morning, I'm Pastor Sean. We're glad that you're here this morning. I'm excited to dive into God's Word with you this morning. Uh, so if you would, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 19. Where, uh, those of you who weren't here last week, we began a series in 1 Samuel. And uh, we are kind of slowly working through the first three chapters as we see the call birth uh, of Samuel, the prophet's life, who will impact the first two kings of Israel. Now, if you want to turn in your copy of God's Word or your device, if you want to turn into the version that is in your pew in front of you, that is page 233. 233, if you want to turn into uh, that Christian Standard Bible that's there 
and you can follow along in the translation that I am. I'm going to do something that I don't think I've ever done in nine years, uh, but I think that there's things that I, well, I think I've done them in similar ways, but maybe not this pause and be uh, bring to life. Today, I want to talk to you about two things that are very important for Christians, and one, well, one thing that's important for Christians, and a second, th another thing that's important for us as Kentucky Christians, okay? Today, I'm going to encourage you that if you have not registered to vote, that you please do so. We as Christians have this unique opportunity living in America to live our values and actually vote our values. And so we have this unique opportunity to vote our values. And doing that means actually going and voting. Uh, so you have to actually do something. It's not something you can do from your mind or from behind a screen. You actually have to go and do that. Well, I guess you can do absentee ballot, right? But uh, you need to go do that in some way. And one of the saddest statistics I've heard is that here in Boone County, that there's only like a 13 to 15 percent turnout uh, in elections. That means only 13 or 15 percent of registered voters go. Now, friends, there's more Christians in the county than that. And so we have the opportunity to actually go and do something where we, we yes, we acknowledge that God has given us a government and that we submit to them in things, as the Scripture tells us, but we also have the privilege to vote and impact things in our world with Christian values. So I encourage you to do that. But secondly, I'm going to tell you specifically about something that's on the ballot this year that is very important, I believe, to Christians in Kentucky. And uh, that is uh, amendment number two in the Constitution. This is going to be, wherever you are in Boone County, there's going to be tons of things to vote for. There's going to be, of course, our Senate and, and Congress and, our, and our, all these different things that are happening. I think sheriff and some, uh, there's a bunch of things going on, judges and different things. On the very, whatever, wherever you vote, on the very last number, the very last thing on the ballot is going to be amendment number two. And amendment number two is simply just uh, two sentences that bas basically say that the Constitution cannot read into or say that abortion is the right thing to do. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this because that's our statement of faith. I don't know if you know this, but article number 15 in our statement of faith says we should work to provide for the orphan, the needy, the abused, the aged, the helpless, and sick, and we should speak on the behalf of unborn and contend for the safety of human life from conception to natural birth. It is a travesty that in our country that 63 million lives have been lost in the last 50, 49 years to abortion. Here in Kentucky, 60, sorry, 300,000 have, have lost their lives. That is, on average, nine elementary schools a year. Not classrooms. Not kids. Nine full elementary schools have been lost. Now look, I understand that uh, there may be some here who have had an abortion or participated in that and I know God's grace and the gospel is sufficient for you and we love you but as a Christian I also know that the Bible says it's wrong 
and that we shouldn't promote or encourage that. And so I encourage you to vote yes for number two. So go take your ballot, start at the very last one, check yes, and then go back through the rest of it. Because this is important. Not only is it important for lives, but it's important for us as Christians. And, and because of this, let, let me just tell you, we can vote yes, and ultimately the legislature can still actually enact laws that promote abortion. That, this amendment doesn't keep that from happening, but what it does is it keeps judges from changing uh, what we have voted on and allowed the legislature to do. So what this does is ensure that courts can't change things on behalf of what the voters have voted for. Now, legislators can do other things down the road, but this ballot amendment will not allow the judges to take that power from, from the legislature. So, I encourage you to do so. Uh, I ask that you prayerfully do that. If that is not in your conscience to do that, I'm not asking you to break your conscience. But I would strongly encourage you to vote yes for number two. And why does it tie in today? Well, number one, how could you not see these kids up here and see the gift that life is? And kids, you guys did awesome this morning. You sang out so good. Thank you so much for singing this morning. And we see in our scripture the gift that life is, that Samuel was born, that God knitted him in his mother's womb for a purpose in his sovereign plan for the world. And God directs all lives, and blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that, that God gives this precious gift of life. And so that's how it connects to our scripture today. But I, I wanted to say that because you have a couple weeks to, to pray about that, think about that, and, and make sure that you vote when it's time to vote. All right. Now let's, let's change gears back to our scripture. And uh, we're going to look at verses 19 to verse 28 this morning, okay? The next morning, Elkanah and Hannah got up early to worship before the Lord. And afterwards, they returned home to Ramah, then Elkanah was intimate with his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. After some time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, because she said, I requested him from the Lord. When Elkanah and all his household went up to make the annual sacrifice and his vow offering to the Lord, Hannah did not go and explain to her husband, after the child is weaned, I take him, I'll take him to appear to the Lord's presence and to stay there permanently. Her husband, Elkna, replied, You do what is best and stay here until you've weaned him. May the Lord confirm your word. So Hannah stayed there and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him with her to Shiloh, as well as a three-year-old bull, half a bush, bushel of flour, and a clay jar of wine. Though the boy was still young, she took him to the Lord's house at Shiloh. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the boy to Eli. Please, my Lord, she said, I surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this boy, 
And since the Lord gave me what I asked for him, asked him for, I now give the boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. Then he worshiped the Lord there. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. It is power, it is life. It is a way of life, and it is true life lived in you. We know that the word is perfect, and Lord, we pray today that through your spirit, your word would speak to your people, because it is true, and because we need to be changed. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We often have a very unhealthy view of what it looks like to be great in the kingdom of God. Often, when we do, or when we think of greatness, what does our minds go to? Some missionary testimony that God had called this missionary, or this pastor, or this great writer. We, we think of these people called to something. Well, friends, that is not how God defines greatness. This is, those things are wonderful giftings and vocations that the Lord calls some to be. But what does God seek in all of his people? Faithfulness. And therefore, what is actually great in the kingdom of God is ordinary faithfulness to the will of God. Today, we want to be challenged to be faithful to God, to do everything he's called us to do, to do his will in our lives and in the lives of our family that we are faithful in obedience to him. Today's text, we see an ordinary woman seeking to obey God in the way that she can. Hannah, as we remember, those of you who weren't here last week, was barren for many years. And so she missed out on the blessings that came in that society of not having a child, and that agrarian society. She didn't have a, a male to work in the fields that would increase production, that would bring financial stability. She did not have someone that she could share her life with. She did not have someone that she would know would, in that society, be a long-term investment, a retirement plan, so to speak, that that son would grow up to take care of her in her older years. There was a, a cultural uh, a downcast on her, but she went to the Lord and said, God, whatever you saw fit, if you were to give me a son, I will give him back to you. She laid aside every claim and every benefit that having a son would, would, would bring to her, that she would only do what God had wanted her to do, that faithfulness to him preceded any benefit that a child would bring. As a reminder to this, she set aside and chose the joy in God, not the idolatry of being a parent. She could have reneged. She could have backed down. It was only her and Eli there. She could have said, well, God, what I really meant was give him to you in a spiritual sense that he's going to be here and serve you. She could have changed it. And I'm sure there was much temptation to that fact. 
But what we see here is a faithfulness to her promise and her obedience to God. To see that what she had done, that she would wait until until, uh, uh, Samuel was weaned, that she would take him to Eli and serve in the temple. See, brother and sister, we see here what we've learned from the old hymn, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. That is the calling of our life. That is the calling of each of you here. So what do you need to do to be faithfully obedient in all things in your life? What do you do need to do to trust in God to do even greater things in your life that your faith and trust level has not allowed you to do? pastor and author David Platt says in his book Radical he challenges people to write a blank check for the Lord we don't write checks much anymore in our society so that illustration probably falls flat for a lot of us who are who are younger but if you're writing a check and you sign your name you want to make sure you fill it out on top for what it's for but but in essence what David Platt has said is the way our lives should be as Christians is we should sign our name not knowing what the amount of cost of following Jesus should be that we present it to the Lord and say God whatever you would have for me to do I agree to it now and I will follow you even if it's to the ends of the earth this faithful obedience is what God calls each of us to do so what is it that God is keeping and preventing in your life from being faithfully obedient what is going on in your heart that you're unwilling to trust in him because friends we know as Christians this is just a response because we know God is glorious in all things. He is holy. He deserves every bit of praise he could ever receive from us, our lives as sacrifice and worship for him. And then layer upon that, that he saw us in our sins, that he sent his son to die for us, that, that when we were unworthy, he sent his worthy son to die for us. Friends, as a Christian, when we understand as much as we have received, we respond in a way that, God, whatever you want, you deserve. Whatever you long for in our lives, we will be obedient. Even though we know we received such a free gift, we know that God deserves it all. So how might we get to the point in our lives that it's an offering to the Lord? How, what steps do you need to take that you might be willing to take and make a blank check to the Lord that you would give your life as an offering to him? In this passage, there are four reasons we offer our lives to the Lord. So if you're writing notes on the bulletin or in your phone, number one, we offer our lives to the Lord out of gratitude. We offer our lives to the Lord out of gratitude. Because God has sacrificed his son for us and in our sin has shown his great love for us, then we should have a gratitude that overwhelms our heart that we have now a heart that desires to live for him. 
it's clear that this is Hannah's behavior and what drives her to be faithfully obedient in our scripture today. We see this explanation in verse 27 where she says, I prayed for this boy and since the Lord came to me, gave me what I asked for, I now give the boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. Notice the sequence. Notice the sequence. I am giving him to the Lord because God gave him to me. Because God gave me him to me, I am responding in gratitude and obedience to God. Hannah's example shows that God's grace rightly demands a response of gratitude to us. It is a mistake for us that we often take the gifts of God and hoard them for ourselves, that we turn them into desires for our own self. Instead, we realize that everything has been given to us, that therefore he deserves it all. 1 Corinthians warns us about this attitude that we, verse 4, 7 says, for whom makes you so superior? What do you have that you didn't receive? If in fact you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? That attitude that we have often, that we think that, that our skills, our abilities, everything that happens is something that our own. But we, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the, the Word of God, we know that everything we have received from God, God's hand it is for this very reason that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest force in all of history for transforming greedy, proud, and self-loving people to those who seek humbleness, humility, holiness, and love. And with thanksgiving for God's grace, Hannah's allowed Samuel to be brought up to the temple and saw it as a deep joy. You remember last week when we thought the order was out of order, that, that normally when we go to the Lord that we find joy in Him only when we've received the gift that we've asked for. Remember, we, that normally what we do is we say uh, we, we're in anguish, and so we ask God for something, He gives it to us, and then we, res we, we respond in joy. But Hannah's life was the opposite, right? She gave it to the Lord, she responded and had a heart full of joy before she even knew if he was going to answer it. Here's the result. God answered her prayers. And the joy that God gave her resulted in a heart of gratitude. Brother, sister, we see this, that with thanksgiving and God's grace, Hannah allowed Samuel to come and of a deep sacrifice she was able to even offer her first and only son. Think of the countless people the same way respond with gratitude. There are many people who have received and changed their life that they want to respond in gratitude. Think of people who serve in voluntary nature that, that, that because they have received, they now volunteer their life for that cause. For those who have who have maybe received a home through Habitat for Humanity, that there was no way they could receive a home, and they receive a home, and then what do they do? Their whole lives are, are built in volunteering and building 
homes for other people to receive in the same way they have or or maybe someone who is who is poor to a place that they had to receive food from others that that they went to a food bank or to a ministry and they receive food and then what happens when when they're able to provide for themselves they go and then they serve and serve others because they saw how much graciousness and 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 how they had been provided for that they provide for others out of a spirit of gratitude in the same way brothers and sisters we see what we have been given all of eternity has been given us through jesus christ that god loved us so much he gave his one and only son and out of that we have a heart and a mind and a soul and a life of gratitude J.C. Ryle observes of this that grateful love is the true spring of real obedience to Christ. Men will never take up the cross and confess Jesus before the world and live for him until they feel that they are indebted to him for pardon, peace, and hope. The godly are what they are because they love him who first loved them and washed them from sin in his own blood. Brother, sister, have you lost your grasp on gratitude? Have you forgotten all that you have received in God? Do you see your life as your own instead of God who has given it all to you? Brother, sister, then we should be reminded to live a life of gratitude for all that he has done that we would now respond in obedience to obedience that even when it hurts or is hard or is difficult, we respond in obedience because of the gratitude that is within us. That we give our time to evangelism even when it's difficult because of someone came with the gospel to us. That we give of our finances even though it's hard and sacrificial and and we're tight budgeted we still give because we know how much has been given to us you know statistics tell us that that nonprofit given giving in this country is up but giving to the church is down That's strange the ones who have given so much that they do not give think how often we hoard of our time and our talents and our treasures that doesn't express an attitude of gratitude but friends may you through the work of the scripture and the reminder of the gospel and what you've received grow in, in a heart that is overwhelmed in gratitude for what God has done for you that it results in a life of obedience but it's more than gratitude number two we offer our lives to the lord to be faithful to be faithful it is necessary as christians to the bottom line that when we say jesus is lord that we are faithful to god that it is a matter of faithfulness that we obey him notice that hannah refused to go up again to the tabernacle when elkanah was ready to go Elkanah was uh, saying, Let's, I'm going to go up to the temple. Do you want to come with me? And she responded, When Elkanah and the household went, 
uh, in verse 22, Hannah did not go and explain, after the child is weaned, I'll take him to appear to the Lord's presence and to stay there permanently. Now, what was foremost in Hannah's mind was obedience to the letter, to faithfulness to God. If she had gone up with Elkanah at first and not weaned the child, she would have gone up to the temple said hey i've got this child and i'm taking him back home with me and to her that was a matter of conscience she said i said when i go to the temple i am leaving my son i am not going until that time is right hannah's heart was obliged to see her promise to the lord through the very first time that she would present herself at that holy place was to leave her son so regardless of our difficulties, our chief desire should be faithfulness and obedience to God. To remain faithful in our duties and obligation before the Lord. Revelation 14, 12 says, This calls for endurance from the saints who keep God's commands and their faith in Jesus. There was an older gentleman who worked took a job at a car wash and and all the customers started to ask for him because when they would run it through the car wash and the end part of the shining and drying he just he made everything even the junker that would come in would just leave looking like it was great and so people started to ask for him and some of the younger guys there were kind of frustrated and they said why are you why are you doing this? Why, you know, this is, this is just a low-paying job. I mean, we're doing the best we can. Why are you doing to this level? You're making us look bad. And he said, because my work shows who I am. Brother and sister, in the same way, our obedience shows whose we are. Our faithfulness to God shows how much we think of him and while i say that we as christians are we are faithful because of whose we are elizabeth elliott whose husband was jim elliott who was who was killed in the missionary field and she continued to be a missionary and and write books she observed said this this job has been given for me to do therefore it is a gift therefore it is a privilege therefore it is an offering i make to god therefore it is to be done gladly as it is done for him here not else somewhere else i may learn god's way in this job not in the some other god looks for faithfulness this reminds us that the lord calls us and expects us to be faithful wherever we are in life. Are you faithful to him? Is your life characterized in a way that you are obedient, following his will? Brother, sister, I encourage you that you should be faithful. But yet we shouldn't just strive just to meet the minimum standard. Number three, we offer our lives to the Lord with generosity. We offer the, our lives to the Lord with generosity. In verse 24, while, uh, just to say that while we, there's some of us 
who struggle and push ourselves too much for the Lord that we often fall into legalism because we push ourselves more to a matter of wearing ourselves out I would say the most of us tend to lower our standard to just do what is necessary friends instead of lowering the minimum amount of following the Lord Hannah offered herself as much as she could manage how do we know this well in verse 24 she said when she weaned him she went up to Shiloh as well as a three-year-old bull half a bushel of flour and a clay jar of wine though the boy was still young she took him to the Lord's house at Shiloh now first reading you say okay well great she's bringing a regular offering to the Lord well if you actually look and read the original text in the Hebrew there's argument that could be made that she took not one bull but three bulls and if you do what is required by the law of the flower that she took she took what was equal for a three bull offering that she did something not only was she going to make an offering there that she went above and beyond but even if that's not what the scripture says brothers and sisters she gave her only son her greatest generosity was giving out of her poverty and giving what God had given to her she didn't have the promise of a backup child she didn't have the promise of anybody else going forward she gave what was given to her all of it and instead of us quibbling over what we're going to give to the lord we need to give all of it even with generosity we should have the heart on display as Psalm 116.12 says, how can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? Why do we cringe at those overgiving people? You know, you know those overachiever people that when you think of something, they thought of five other better things than you have to do those? That there's somebody encouragement or sick or in need and you you're just struggling to get the kfc pick them up on the way but that person's made a five course meal and had five other people lined up to do what you know and you're like why didn't i think of that or somebody that just and we somewhat you know we kind of cringe at these people because we're like well well we we did this why did these people do that that's kind of selfish isn't it because our feelings says more about us than it says about them. Those, those people are willing to be generous. Doesn't make us any less. But why would we hold back people who are generous? This is what Hannah did. Hannah was generous. And our response should be that we are oh so overwhelmed by the good gifts of God that we're willing to go above and beyond for him that we should in all things that God has called us to do is to be faithful and generous in those things that we're to be generous in our commitment to our marriage not just doing what 
passes the sniff test, the, the bottom line. That we should be generous in our commitment to the church. We should be generous to our children, not in giving them trinkets and toys, but generous in our time to sending them and encouraging them to the heart of the Lord. Maybe the Lord today is speaking to you to stop looking for the bare minimum, but to be more generous in your life. What's at stake is that he could do more through you and for the kingdom if you're willing to be obedient to him. What is the scriptural principle? What is sowed, the greater that is sowed, more is reaped. Spare, uh, sow sparingly, reap sparingly. Sow generously, reap generously. Maybe God is calling you to be more generous in your life as an offering to him. Maybe God is calling you to be more generous financially to the church or give more time to evangelism or, or give more to a call to ministry. Maybe God is calling you to give two years on the mission field. God is calling you to give your life to go on the mission field. Give your heart and say, God, where will you take it? I will go. Because ultimately, number four, we offer our lives to the Lord out of worship. We offer our lives to the Lord out of worship. The chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Therefore, our lives are a living worship to God. The final words of this chapter are a fitting conclusion. After all that Hannah had done, to really be an example to the prophet in her own life as a mother is displayed as it says and he, Samuel worshipped the Lord there this was a great purpose that the end result was that through Hannah's life, through Elkanah's life through now Samuel's life would be a life of worship to God to glorify him and this is the great purpose that Hannah had desired and performed, that her son might be a worship to the Lord there and is the purpose for us. As Paul writes in Romans 12, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Paul's therefore refers to the gospel that precedes his exhortation and just as Hannah responds to God's gift of a son by bringing Samuel to serve all the days of the tabernacle, so we respond in God's grace in our life to live for Christ as a living offering and sacrifice for his namesake. See, our calling is to the Lord. And while we see that Samuel would fulfill a unique role in history, it is our very lives that God values each one to serve faithfully. To serve just as Hannah did in the home. Just as you should serve faithfully in your home. And to be called as, to serve God. See, friends, as I began, church ministry is not the sole purview of 
a number of prominent religious professionals, but instead, it is the call of every Christian, no matter what vocational setting or place in life that you are, he is calling us all to be faithful. And many of us will serve in secular vocations while still offering their time, talent, money, prayers, and spiritual gifts in service to the Lord. And what really God wants in our whole lives is the one whom he purchased with the very blood of his son, Jesus Christ, is for you to be faithful. To be faithful. Kids, you joined us today. Thank you for being here. Be faithful to God in your school. Friend, be faithful to God in your workplace. Moms, be faithful at home with your children. Dad, be faithful at home with your children. Be faithful to God and humbly serve Him with all your heart as a humble sacrifice to God. Friends, we are called to live a lives of worship. Hannah acknowledged that God had given Samuel to her. So now it was right for her to give him to God in return. And likewise, let us, each of us, say to God, Lord, you made me. You saved me. You've redeemed me through the blood of your son, Jesus. Now I belong to you. My whole life, is for your praise and service of your glorious kingdom. As Hannah offered Samuel, offer yourself God gratefully, faithfully, and generously. And when you make your offering to the Lord, hand it over completely unreserved. Maybe you could pray in this way, just as John Wesley, the great pastor, prayed when he offered himself. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. Can you pray that today? Close your eyes this morning. Ask the Lord to reveal what is in your heart this morning that is keeping you from living a life of sacrifice for Him. What attitude or idol or sin that is keeping you from giving your life as a fragrant offering to God? What are you holding back? Why are you not obedient in this area? Ask him to reveal it. Then, here's the good news. You can ask God for the power and ability to do it. Trust in him. He will enable and empower you to do what he has called you to do. Don't pull back out of fear. Trust in grace. Trust in the one who saved you by his own power to enable you, empower you, and change you by his power.
If you're here today and you don't know Christ, I encourage you to look at the one who gave his son for you and respond in faith and trust in him. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this challenge today that I needed in the life of Hannah. But the reminder that you are worth it. You are worth it all. May we be people who live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And part of our faithfulness in life is to give our all, and part of our faithfulness in life is, is to depend on God for everything. Would you stand to your feet and let's sing together of his love forever proves and let's hold fast to the anchor. It shall never be removed. the sure and steady anchor in the fury of the storm when the winds of doubt blow through me and my sails have all been torn in the suffering in the sorrow when my sinking hopes are few I will we
be seated. A couple quick announcements before we take up of our offering. First, uh, let me just remind you today is our trunk or treat. For those of you who are coming to decorate and hand out candy, we'd like for you to be in place and have everything ready by 3.30, so 30 minutes before people start showing up. So it's going to be a quick turnaround for most of us, and uh, won't get your afternoon Sunday nap in probably, so, but that's okay, you're serving the Lord today. Right now, tentatively, we're going to be inside, and I know that's a bummer thing, but it's calling for like 80% chance of rain at 5 o'clock, and so we don't want, so we will, again, check the weather report to see if it's changed, and confirm through email and through our social media that plan. So we're going to make tentatively right now it'll be out, uh, inside. So, but we're looking forward to today. We're still uh, all week. I, so I, we do an ad for this, and so I've been seeing these responses of people sharing and, and being a part of this. So we're going to have a good community outreach today. So thank you for for volunteering today, and thank you for being here today. And we look forward to what God's going uh, to do. Uh, this Wednesday is going to be our first in our new members class. So if you're interested in knowing more about Hebron Baptist Church, want to know about our vision and values and, and what God is doing here, we invite you to come at 6.30 uh, on Wednesday. So we encourage you to come this Wednesday and uh, let us know if you need child care because we'll need to set that up. But this Wednesday at 6.30 uh, and then the next Wednesday at 6.30, we need you to sign up today because there's some material you need to read as well as fill out. So please don't leave today without letting us know that you want to be a part of that. Today is also the deadline for the coats for kids. Hopefully you got your leafs and you got your coats and you returned both today in the bag. If you have not or forgotten, just go see Kay. Where's Kay at? There she is over here. Uh, you can see her and tell her when you might be able to drop that off because we need to get that to the schools this week. So please make sure uh, that you see her today if you have not received them uh, or brought them so that you can tell her when you are going to bring them. So uh, we are thankful for you doing that. We were concerned about as many as we had to do, 53, and all of those were taken, uh, leaves were taken. So we are looking forward to having all 53 of those coats uh, here today or within by tomorrow. So, so thank you for doing that. You're going to help so many families in our community, so thank you for that. Now, tomorrow is a special day in the life of one of our members. Clara Mae Ryle turns 100 tomorrow. Yeah, praise the Lord. And uh, so she uh, is having a... Uh, we sent out some information this uh, a couple weeks ago about a birthday party you can stop in. We encourage you to do that. If you don't have time because of trunk or treat, you could stop by our house or send her a card or something. Uh, that's a, a wonderful God's gift to her. And she, I mean, for 100, I hope, if I live to 100, that I have as much energy as she does. That's a pretty amazing. Uh, and so we do this for big birthdays, and we're certainly, she's not here today. But, but we should sing happy birthday to her, right? Uh, because she is probably watching right now. She's very tech savvy for 100. Uh, and so hopefully, Clara May, if you're watching, we love you. We're thankful for you. And if she's not, I will tell her to go back and she will go see this. So, so let's sing to her. So when we get to that part, Clara May, okay, Clara May, that's how we do that. 
Thank you. Just want to make sure. Clara May. All right. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Clara May. Happy birthday to you. Praise the Lord. Well, it is our time of we worship through songs, through scripture, through prayer. Uh, now we worship through offerings. So we have a wonderful opportunity, Hebrew Baptist Church, to do events just like we do today because of faithful giving. So in your pews, there's a little uh, thing for giving, a QR code, or you can scan the one that's on the screen. There? Maybe not? especially in the pew in front of you. Uh, and uh, you can give electronically or you can give as we're about to give now. Let's, give, uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for all that you give through us, uh, through our gifts, abilities, talents, and for, through provisions. Lord, you asked for just a tenth back, and we want to give even graciously and generously more. So as we give of our tithes and offerings, we're thankful for this. All that you do for us, now we come to you in worship. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.